This path will lead you to an unholy place, a cemetery. Hello everybody, Foggy Jack here, the lost boy, oddball of magic, and the host of the Foggy Jack 13 podcast. I'll meet you down in the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. Log Talk Radio. Radio. I am the Union Shadow. You can call me Joel, though. With me tonight, of course, is the Trismegistus himself. Josh, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing really well, actually. Really well. It's been uh, a good year so far for me. Uh, I'd like to hope that uh, to all our listeners that uh, the new year has been bringing a lot of positive change and growth for everyone. We've been having a lot of fun on the show, too, the weeks we've made it. Some weeks, not so much. But, you know, we we roll with the punches and keep on going to bring you more explorations in various occult, esoteric subjects. Tonight, though, we have uh, an exploration into in uh, a field that some people would consider occult. Some people 
a lot of people would agree that uh, its manifestations are hidden. Uh, what I'm speaking of is the psychology of the of the occult, uh, like seriously, occult psychology, the psychology of the occult phenomena, the way our minds interact with our spiritual uh, presences, and the way our minds are altered by our experiences. I'd like to think, um, yeah. So quite the show we've got for you tonight. I'd like to think. Uh, sure. In- interesting to- stuff. Yeah. Do you got anything to add on at the top of the hour? Any announcements from our uh, from our mothership, the EsotericOnline.net, the hub of all information that you need? If you're listening to this show <laughs> and you don't know what EsotericOnline.net is, you need to type that into your web web browser and go check it out. <laughs> a- absolutely. We 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 run it out of out of EsotericOnline.net. It's a it's a great. Uh, community for exploring uh, esoteric subjects like we speak about here on the radio. We do have a mystic radio group there that has our our scheduling and whatnot, so definitely uh, check that out uh, to stay in tune with the latest shows and also our our Facebook group, which is EO Mystic Radio, and also on uh, the Esoteric Online Facebook as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find information about our shows. Absolutely. Uh, another invitation I'd like to open up on the air as well is if you're interested in actually taking part in Mystic Radio, uh, be it on the production side or even research side, uh, being a host, you got ideas for maybe uh, bits, uh, you've got skill with sound engineering, we, we can absolutely invite anybody who's willing and got time or the inclination to solicit us step forward come join the team because absolutely we can use all the help we can get i think <laughs> always and we want more people to to be involved with it you know with well, uh, those in, in those aspects and for for those who aren't aren't interested in in such a role, uh, perhaps in our pre-show discussions, sometimes in our groups, Absolutely. Uh, we'll have we'll have some discussions pre-show, just kind of what um, you know, seeing what people would like to to hear discussed and yeah. uh, directions and, directions for the show. Well, the more the more minds that are are up for towards a task, the better the better the end result for the show, I believe, would be. If you've got a lot of people who are committed to actually sure. exploring these subjects, it's more than just my take and your take and whatever we can kind of gather from the various corners of our information, uh, where we can reach for our information, be it the Internet or library of books or even other sources. The collective unconscious. The collective unconscious, you know. It's uh, a big one, I think, that we both kind of play with at times. Uh, I'm going to actually spit out the phone numbers, too, at the top of the hour, because I'd like to invite anybody to really kind of join in and uh, give us their thoughts and uh, their thoughts, their feelings on this subject. So uh, you can call in uh, at 347-996-3182 or uh, toll-free at 888-4- Three five one two nine three. That's one triple eight four three five one two nine three. Or once again three four seven nine nine six three one eight two. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, 
subject for today is occult psychology. Now, uh, the occult nature of psychology, generally speaking, uh, refers to the hidden, the hidden aspects of the psyche and means for understanding them in uh, greater detail. Um, essentially, from what I understand, it becomes a, a study of the inner and outer aspects of consciousness, which uh, you know may or may not be directly perceived, and where psychology is largely defined as the study of behavior and mental processes. So, essentially, it's like the art of self-analysis, and it's also the, the, the discipline of kind of being able to analyze these behaviors in other people and correlate that data. Is that uh would you say that's fairly accurate? For for sure and it, and bringing in this aspect of the unconscious or the subconscious where mm-hmm. normally that's just kind of a surface material that was was being was being studied but as you move into these hidden parts of the psyche which the study really does go back pretty far um but it's it's more of a uh, what are what are the the inner drives you know what are the inner workings that we may not be um, you know conscious of all the time mm-hmm. kind of like um, kind of like what is termed as depth psychology where where that that's kind of the distinction between um, psychology that would include study and application of the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, whereas other psychology might not. Mm-hmm. Well, there's. Um, fit, fit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say. Fit, fit in, uh, no, I got go a lag. Ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I was just saying, fit, fittingly so, uh, as as those are moved in, uh, in into the spotlight to to study, uh, they're a lot more of a, a depth. Uh, approach, looking much farther into uh, the issue than just the surface material that's that's normally studied. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we had so the going into the idea of like death psychology. Now that uh, what what is death psychology really? Uh, what's your understanding of it, sir? Like if we so I could define this. Well, that's that's kind of what this is 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 this this bringing in bringing in this the concept of of the of the unconscious or the the subconscious the the persona and the the ego and all all of these things that that people like Carl Jung are, are real famous for bringing into the spotlight where the occult associations are. Are, are definitely there this type of depth psychology uh, being looked at uh, for oh, quite, some, quite some time in our history there's a lot of people uh, i guess one of the most uh the most like direct uh sources for a lot of this information would be Carl Jung uh he's just one of the one, one of them that i'm pretty sure if you're taking any type of human behavior class or uh sociology psychology class in school he's being brought up <laughs> he's he's definitely being brought up now, uh, other other uh, people you could look into is uh, uh i see here uh, uh one of the early pioneers of the psychological view of alchemy was uh, herbert silber was it a member of the vienna circle of psychotherapists 
Yeah. Do you can, do you have any uh, additional information, or is that just like a name drop that we can say, hey, check them out, pop them into Google, and see what you can find, sirs? Well, th- there is some there is some good information uh, about his about his work and whatnot, but it's it's primarily a part of this this movement to be be studying the the symbolism aspect and and how that might apply to a deeper a deeper layer of how we understand um, you know allegory and, and things within our world this um, this aspect sort of, of of archetypes before before archetypes were really being told as as just that mm-hmm. <laughs> so these, these sort of these sort of uh, these sort of symbols uh, were beginning to be looked at in in, in quite an quite an early time as far as um, as far as people like Herbert Silver, or, you know, a, a hundred years ago. Now he was a contemporary of uh, Sigmund Freud, was he not? Of, uh, Freud Absolutely, and, uh, Freud and Jung both. Uh, as I'm seeing here, he was pretty much right in that uh, in that time period. So lots of uh, lots of psychobabylon, and from what I understand, a lot of cocaine as well. <laughs> that just <laughs> that just seems to be the byproduct of that time period. They were uh, particularly in the in the case of Freud, but it was pretty widely accepted at the time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You know, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I see here that uh, Silber, his uh, magnum opus, was uh, titled "The Problems of Mysticism and Its Symbolism." So I would imagine that uh, it would be involved, even just looking at the title here. But uh, that was uh, it. Took as its starting point uh, a Rosicrucian text known as the Parabola Allegory. Do you know about this being a Rosicrucian yourself? I haven't read that one. All right. Well, it's an alchemical writing with many parallels to the chemical wedding of uh, Christian Rosencrantz, and he explores the ability of Freudian analysis to interpret it. Having concluded that uh, Freudian interpretation of the allegory, he then moves on to compare the method to wider symbol symbolic methods of alchemy, Hermeticism, and Rosicrucianism, other mystical traditions. Um, so, his vision was. Uh, Syncretic in the range of his reading was extraordinary. He 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 tied together a lot of different themes together to try and find um, essentially to find um, he into a concept of introversion, uh, the descent of the individual into the soul psyche from which uh, immense psychic and spiritual treasures can be drawn. So, literally, mm. if I'm reading that correctly, would be the the concept of. Uh, like the uh, the collective unconscious. Sure, and this uh, you know, and it's termed in many different ways in different traditions. Uh, you have this akashic records or what mm-hmm. have you that that is said to exist, which is just this this consciousness of of the collective itself that um, that knowledge uh, can can be uh, had from and, and approached in a. Uh, in a much the similar way as our as we discussed in our our previous show on gnosticism it's this mm-hmm. it's this sort of gnosis that's just that's just there that can just arrive mm. i i think there's many parallels uh in the collective unconscious with that mm. see i i find uh i find a lot of these subjects uh 
are worth very much worth looking into because it's essentially the science of understanding the self, the the way the mind flows. If you ignore the self and you start delving into deeper, uh, deeper metaphysical uh, secrets, you, even playing around with uh, various uh, subjects, even stuff as simple as like meditation, without having a, a, an awareness of self, you can lose yourself to these things completely. Mm-hmm. So these systems, these aren't like end-all, be-all systems. They're systems of convention. They're things that yeah. men put together to explain the unknown at the time. Yeah, just to put some sort of a, a framework and a and a lattice together mm-hmm. as 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 to understand it, uh, like like you're saying, and in, in alchemy, you know, it's it's much the same thing. It's it's this it's this study of the inner workings of the of the conscious mind and and of the soul and and how those interact with each other and practical application of, of that knowledge. It's, it's used uh, in in public uh, aspects for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And even though we're we're exploring this this occult psychology, it's it's also the aspect of these things that that may have been openly studied under different terms, but uh, are just sort of hidden to uh, to conventional. Uh, conventional thought, or um, or just term- under the spectrum of consciousness. That, uh, well, yeah, a lot of the Carl, stuff, Carl Jung would say. Well, a lot of the stuff that Jung uh, that uh, Jung uh, looked into, uh, he studied, uh, expressed in his works. If you read that, and then go into a lot of like modern day uh, neo paganism, a lot of even the more traditional paganisms like my- mystical systems and stuff, you'll see that it's all there. It's just a different mm-hmm. way of actually stating it. Like, um, if you look through, uh, just use as an example, it's a piece of information I have up on my screen right now, is the five main archetypes that uh, Jung expressed. The self, the shadow, the anima, the animus, and the persona, right? Yeah. Now, uh, these are five forces within you that are always constantly in like moving in tandem with each other to kind of make up who you are. So like you've got the self, which is the self-regulating center of the psyche, uh, what makes you an individual. It's representative of the wholeness, which introspective philosophy of all times and climates have characterized. So it, it pretty much is the symbols, the names, the places, and their concepts. It's, it, it's what's unique about you. Whereas the shadow is that which lies within and beneath, that which is hidden from your day-to-day life, but will always, always affect in a, in like a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anima is like... Uh, the, the anima and the animus are both the masculine and the feminine, essentially. So you've got you know you've got the the internal mother the internal father the the brother the sister the masculine the feminine the masculine the king and the queen the king and the queen yeah um, and those forces and how they interact with each other and these both are expressed as different within men and female ma- uh, male and female I, I find uh, if you look in uh, Eastern philosophy that the concept of yin and yang and the energies uh-huh. within a person that they 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 delve into that a little bit more oh, yeah. than uh, just a uh, basic 
It made it all they tight. have the the Ida and Tangala, the this masculine and feminine energy energy channels that you know, in order to excite them, a male would a male would use one nostril and a female would use another blocked in order to direct that energy and, and direct the the direction of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's it's kind of that it's kind of that same thing where we we both we both have this archetypal um, opposite or or these these opposites within us. And I th- I think it lends a lot to his understanding of alchemy and um, the symbolism that that he was seeing and understanding there. Mm-hmm. The sun and the moon, uh, the the red king and the white queen, and uh, the union of opposites in order to reconcile and become one within oneself. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a theme that we've seen even through our explorations of various belief structures that we've seen expressed over and over again. The, yep. uh, the uh, synthesis, thesis, uh, antithesis, synthesis uh, paradigm, essentially, where you've got two forces and then the forces coming together to create the third force. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, there's also the finally the persona, which to, to Jung was a. Uh, I keep on since I'm reading things on my screen, I see Jung and I'm saying Jung in my head. I'm like, no, not so much. There's <laughs> some uh, Canadian pronunciation for some of our listeners there, brutalizing that word. <laughs> but uh, to, to to Jung, it was a a a, a, a functional complex, essentially. The persona was that which we built up to show other people. It wasn't necessarily our, ourselves. Could be indicative of who we are, but at the end was just a construct. Now I like that. That's because that's that's just the face that you put out put out to the world. And I think every last one of us can kind of understand that concept because, like, being yeah. on the internet and interacting. Your persona is your your net handle. Even if you're using your regular name, it's that which you're expressing, that which people see. It doesn't it doesn't show all of you, not in the least. Just like even in when we're out in public, and the the face we put on when we go to get coffee, go to groceries, go to work, whatever. That's uh-huh. not the entirety of your of who you are. A lot of people, okay, a lot of people wear masks that are. Not not at quite as obfuscating as other people, and some people have masks that are so ultimately complex that you would think it's an entirely different, an entirely whole person in and of itself. But <laughs> for the most part, this stands to reason. These things are there. So they are, and like you said, at various levels. And I'm I'm glad you you touched on as as well that these could be as close to. Or as far from the the self um, as as possible. I mean, they're so widely widely varying, um, but they're they are this construct. Mm-hmm. So it's whether it's whether it's exactly like the self or not, it should always still be realized that, that that's the case. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> so. Uh... Carrying on, I see here uh, that um, you know I would I would agree with this as well that the ego has a large large part to play in a lot of these things. Now, to me that to, to me when I, I'm thinking of the ego, it's the part of me that says I am, or I I will be, you know, or 
you know, uh, the part of you that's like, yeah. I'm responsible for this, it's all me. Or even on an inversely, I, I think it's a it's a function of the ego to blame other other people too because you don't perceive those faults within the self. Because how could it be me? How? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we build this other place to put it. Um, you know, and the ego the ego is what the persona wishes it was. And there's there's sort of this. In many cases, unfortunately, this struggle between them, um, which is is shown in a lot of a lot of occult traditions, uh, mm-hmm. alchemy, for example. Again, we have like the dragon and and the the warring with the dragon, not to kill it, but to subdue it. You know, bring it under the, under the will or under the control of the alchemist, where it's it's kind of this kind of this same thing with. Uh, the the ego in psychology. So we have this this immediate huge aspect in in psychology happening in the beginning stages of of alchemy uh, when you're when you're starting to examine the uh, conscious material and the hidden material and and putting it enter, under the microscope uh, introspectively in order to to understand what understand it and deal with it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. The the ego in psychology, I would say, goes back as long as hermetic and alchemical concepts were being studied. Agreed, agreed. There is a lot to all these things. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, psychology, okay, and then they would think only psychology. But to use uh, Jung as a continuing example, he would take... He would take analogies from all sorts of places, like uh, when he was explaining the psychoid archetype, uh, that uh, archetypes had dual natures that exist both in the psyche and in the world at large. He used used analogies of the electromagnetic spectrum, the part of the spectrum that's uh, visible would correspond to the conscious aspects and the invisible infrared to the parts that are not as easily... Uh, experienced on a uh, on a conscious level, like the unconscious right. biological or uh, the um, the how do I say this the esoteric emotional states. Like if I mean that to say, someone could be happy on the outside but have an underlying sadness. Do you do you understand? You know what I mean? Yeah. This, that uh, those two yeah. energies moving in tandem are what's creating the emotional output that the person is putting out. But you would only see the happy if you looked. And if you were empathic uh, on a strong level, you would probably feel the sadness more than what you saw as the happiness. Those are the two forces working some people right. against each other. But I would say in tandem because nothing truly works against each other. It's it's like a balance. It's a constant flowing, like a, um, a vortices of sort, you know? It's the motion of those two energies against each other, which is creating, like, uh, the drawing effect or repulsing effect you get from someone who's in a uh, hyperextended emotional state. Right. Yeah. I'm just babbling, sir. This is just babbling, sir. <laughs> no, yeah. 
Um, I'm going to spit out those phone numbers again for our listeners uh, in the hopes that uh, someone may uh, feel so inspired to give us their perspective on the on the subject du jour. So uh, guest call in, of course, is 347-996-3182 or toll-free 1-888-435-1293. Once again, the numbers are 347-996-3182. Or toll free one triple eight four three five one two nine three. Uh, yeah. So excellent. Keep our fingers crossed, sir. Keep our fingers crossed. Um, we've got. <laughs> I see here uh, a couple of names here. I'd like to ask you about. Can you tell me maybe a little bit about Eve, Helen, Mary, and Sophia? Well. Jung believed that there was this uh, evolution or this development of these archetypes over over time, and and these are sort of the four classifications or levels that that he gave this evolution of the uh, in this case the anima archetype, and in the same way you can see that same thing with like Adam and and you know on on up with. Uh, you know the uh, male archetypes that that we've seen throughout time. So it's it's sort of just this uh, this growth or these um, as we've kind of touched on the synthesis mm-hmm. um, of of sort of the the same thing throughout time. Hmm. Where you know we 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 definitely see the mythological. At least that aspects of these where um, so Sophia and Mary in our more recent times, the you know Holy Mother of Wisdom and 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 this and that is uh, there's really a a bridge throughout time and maybe Isis could be on that same thing you know or um, others like it. So essentially, the, uh, the 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 mother aspect in these belief structures. Now, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I've always been a big uh, believer that a lot of these uh, spiritual uh, tales, these, they all play off the the idea of archetypes themselves. If you take a look at these, uh, the, the legends and uh, all these tales that what you're what you can literally make out to them being are psychological dramas essentially like dramas of the psyche the forces within a person and within every man and woman that how they kind of flow together and create manifest the experiences that we're having that's not to say that that's what they are I'm a big believer that uh, within the microcosm uh, like the microcosm is the macrocosm what is on the small level is being played out on a larger level too so Mm -hmm. It, it, to me, it's never truthfully just one thing or the other. There's always a typical, like, like it's subtle. It, it, it It's always going on. If you're looking, oftentimes you, you have a problem in your life, and then you, you go and talk to a friend, and they're having a lesser or even a greater magnitude of the same issue. These, these themes keep on repeating. And it's, for me... I believe that that's part of the 
man, uh, part of the whole reality of your mind manifests things in your reality. And but a big part of that is understanding your own psychology, so you can kind of guide those manifestations. Because if you're ignoring all these lessons, they're just going to keep popping up, and then you get lost in a state of, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> you don't want to get stuck there. Trust me. Trust me. We and, all and even that. even the collective uh, unconsciousness uh, getting stuck there, uh, yeah. as well with certain themes and um, certain archetypes. Where you mentioned um, somebody was somebody was also feeling something else. Uh, you know, well, uh, there's all these experiments that have been done, uh, like. Uh, like there was one, I think it's a Purdue University where they have these random number generators mm-hmm. and, you know, all over the world. And when a major event happens in the consciousness of, of humans or whatnot, they, these random number generators spike all over the place, but they spike in, in unison to kind of really show this, um, um, this unison of, of consciousness and, and how, when, when one person's feeling something, whether somebody really knew it or not, they're, uh, they're also bathing in in the feelings of of others mm-hmm. um, con- constantly, <clears throat> and, and I think I think as you mentioned you know, uh, that it's always sort of a uh, sort of a combination or an integrated approach to this, even within uh, what Young called his um, his poor psychological types. It's this blend of you know, somebody may be mostly intuitive, mm-hmm. uh, but but somebody may also have some feeling, some thinking, and yet another uh, yet another ratio of sensation, which were which were these four types that he had. But it's always it's always a blending of of each of those to come up with the the result of the whole of what's going on. Agreed. Agreed. Hmm. I think that uh, I'm going to say call a break here for a second. So uh, would you mind if uh, maybe we took a a five-minute break or so and just kind of regathered our energies? That sounds good. Give a restroom break for the listeners as well. Yeah, and for myself. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so we'll be be back on the flip side of of the break with a little bit more discussion uh, and also uh, hopefully... Um, some some enlightening direction for all of us to move in. So, here's some music.
We're back. Welcome back to the second half of our show. Um, before we left on the break, we were talking about, um, for the most part, we were talking about the four psychological types of uh, contained within Carl Jung's uh, uh, system of psychological practices, essentially. Um, th- these are, just to kind of recap, uh, the intuitive, the feeling, the thinking, and the sensatory. Josh, my friend, these <laughs> four four forces, these four aspects, do have a lot of cross synthesis with uh, what uh, what's explored in alchemy and other systems such as uh, Kabbalah, as we, mm-hmm. we were discussing uh, in brief over the break. Uh, there is a lot of tying into it. How how would we break these down, though, sir? How would how would you kind of phrase these? Well, well, in alchemy, mm-hmm. uh, for example, the intuitive is kind of the the fire or the or the will, and the feeling is the, sort of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking can be uh, likened to the intellect or air, mm-hmm. and your sen- sensation, of course, is uh, likened to the body or the earth. Your your sensatory, uh, you know what you can what you can see, what you can taste. That that sort of thing, and um, mm-hmm. also in also in Kabbalah you have these um, four worlds, mm-hmm. the four Kabbalistic worlds. Um, they um, correspond across the board uh, to, to that as well. Um, Bria, for example, um, uh, with with water, um, Bria is the world of creation, and Yetzira, the world of formation um, and action. Mm-hmm. see so you can kind of see like the the action itself takes place on the on the physical plane um, but it also takes place with the the sensation you know the what you can see sense uh, the the world around you mm-hmm. uh, so these these kind of directly correspond across these um, various occult systems uh, i i think that's a it's an important sort of bridge um, to be able to recognize um, these these four aspects of the psyche, but there there are also these these four aspects of um, you know the the alchemical self or um, the 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 sephirot, uh, you know if that was to be seen as the as the self as well mm. um, the the the, tr- the tree of life you know if you break the break the tree down into um, these these four sections. Those characteristics are more going to match up. Um, for example, uh, uh, Malkut and Kabbalah, mm-hmm. the the root, which is also associated with the root chakra, of course, uh, or, or the the Mudlahara. But this this action um, that takes place on the material plane is um, is this asiya or this um, sensation. And then you know, as you as you move up in your in your perception, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you as you're as you're working through the tree of life, or you're going through the alchemical stages, you're moving through these um, these different areas that are really to be integrated as more of a whole. To where you know you're not if you were to to come back to the Carl Jung uh, psychological types, to where you're not you're not overly or dominantly intuitive at the you know at the at the lack of everything else but 
sort of how we've talked about uh, in previous shows how everything should be used together to mm-hmm. to make a decision or or whatever is is the situation so <clears throat> i think it's an an interesting tie how of of course he's uh, Carl Jung is a as a devout student of, of alchemy and, and mm-hmm. Gnosticism, but it, I think it's interesting how he was able to actually break down, uh, for the most part, uh, that people are dominantly one one of these types or another. Um, and a lot of the strengths or weaknesses that one may perceive in, in their self or maybe the, the parts that they're ashamed of and they stuff them down into the, into the subconscious, and these are all part of one of these. Aspects of the self. <laughs> yeah, the, kind of interesting. No, I I I concur completely. And uh, having these systems in place allow for kind of like, as I said earlier, these aren't like end all the end all and be all. These are systems of convention to kind of express that which up until then was expressed either in more in less easy to digest forms like uh previous to a lot of uh, the work of modern uh, quote unquote modern psychologists uh this was all the realms of like alchemy and hermeticism and kabbalah so you needed to be uh initiated into one of the schools to understand these things whereas what this did was kind of, how do I say, lend legitimacy to something that was already considered sure. legitimate, but in a way, in a fashion that it was more easier brought to the table. Because you know, you bring this and go, this is the teachings of my magic school. People going to be, some people are going to be <laughs> like, okay, what are you smoking? Yeah, Where yeah, I, it it sheds off the pseudoscience a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Now, to be fair, there is also a, 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 a fair argument to express a lot of what is considered modern psychology is pseudoscience. Uh, yeah. All you have to do is take a look at the DSMV, and you, you kind of get <laughs> that, that idea. You know, the diagnostics, the diagnostics and statistics manual. Uh, this is yeah. essentially, from what what I understand, it's the the big book that everyone constantly adds to. Because every, every new thing is considered a mental illness in today's society. I'm not talking about the hundred years ago when these people, the uh, the like Jung and Freud, and the world they existed right. in was a very different place than today. Um, a lot of the modern, like today, the psychology we face out in the world today is more profit based than it is. Uh, knowledge-based in a lot of cases. You find a lot of these people are using these as excuses to push on pharmaceuticals and stuff. If you're yeah. one of these people, you know, be wary. It's, it's especially like, in the realms of psych- psychiatry, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's a lot more uh, drug dealing and a lot less um, using these, these ancient, you know, tried and true methods um, that people like, you know, to a lot of the contemporaries, uh, Carl Jung is still um, shunned in, in many aspects mm-hmm. be, well, because of. From my understanding as well, that uh, it, some of it comes down to the whole tubular rasa idea the idea that uh, 
either you were like Jung believed that the archetypes were inborn, like you had these things they came from other places and manifested within you, whereas the the tubular rasa view is like every man is born a blank slate. You know, mm-hmm. everything in your life is manifest from your life. Now, I'm I don't believe that personally. Uh I don't believe that personally just because I I am a believer that um we all exist in other places at the same time. You might want to call that like uh reincarnation or multi incarnation, whatever. But the right. all these all these events and experiences do have effect here even if they only manifest through dreams and uh other forms they still affect you i've had dreams that have changed the way i live my daily life just because that those dreams hit me so hard that when i woke up i had to ask myself which which truly was the dream was right you know am i still dreaming now like these things, these questions are the type that drive people insane. They they truly do. And I'm not talking about like, you know, just anxiety or depression. These are often symptomatic of these deeper causes. Like feeling so disconnected with your day-to-day life that all of a sudden, you know, you're living completely in your past. And by your past, I mean like, you know, you get lost in who you may or may not have been the reincarnation of you know, how many yeah. times, how many times do you encounter a Joan of, Joan of Arc or whatnot in we'll say polite company? And it's not to say it is entirely feasible, well, possible, I guess, that um, each and every one of these persons is a direct reincarnation of this person. But at the same time, you know what? It, it's Maybe not, we all are. Yeah, that's 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 my view of it. Like, at the end of the day, it's entirely possible that I could be a reincarnation of you, Josh, mm-hmm. or you could be a reincarnation of me. Or, you know, yeah. does you go back far enough, and you've got the entire concept that we are all one. You know, you look at it on a purely physical, uh, like genetic point of view, and we all came from. Like they they tra- they they map the human the human D- DNA the genome all the way back to what some two hundred thousand years ago a, a single woman. Lucy, pardon? The is mito- that Lucy? Yeah, the mitochondrial Eve, I think it is. Oh yeah. No. So you know, we are all we all come from the same place. We're all we're all source. You know we. We just all are together in the same regard. So the, there is a lot of cross synth, like synergy between what you face, for example, what I face. We can kind of, if we have if we have these systems of convention, we can kind of take a look at ourselves, take a look at each other, and be like, okay, we we kind of get each other on this level. We can speak about this and see if we can learn anything from each other. If we don't have these systems in place. Then we're like picking bugs out of each other's hair and throwing coconuts at each other. Like, it's just not good. Might be fun, but not so much in the uh, expression and growth of knowledge. <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of, you're mentioning, you know, kind of all going back to this this mitochondrial Eve, for example, and uh, I think that's 
I think it's somehow directly uh, tied to this consciousness, this Mm -hmm. this one one consciousness. You know, by by many names, uh, of course, but uh, this uh, as as psychologists would refer to it as the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, the impacts of it sort of always being there have to be have to be huge on our on our evolution and on our our growth um, from this mitochondrial Eve and and as all being one, you know, because there's not so and so's version of the collective consciousness, or you know, it's not personified or, or personalized in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of this. Um, more of this thing that's always there for everybody. So I, I can't see it not having a big impact on who we've become today. <clears throat> yeah, agreed, agreed. I think um, there's a lot of exploring to be done on all these subjects. Obviously, we only have a small window of time to with which to express kind of like our interpretations of this data or even just like, hey, maybe you want to look over here. So let's take the last five minutes or so and kind of discuss various places we can send people to ideas where they can take a look-see, maybe learn a little bit more on these subjects on their own. Um, one, uh, first one on the list, I think, is uh, Carl Jung's work, uh, what is it, Psychology and Alchemy? Yeah, I, th- I think that would be a, a, a really great one for people to at least um, get more familiar with. Like a starting point, right? With with with, with his work and 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 how it um, how it correlates to to the occult. Um, obviously, it's going to be heavily seeped in uh, alchemical uh, mm-hmm. symbolism and whatnot. But as these books go on, you really start to not only see Young's understanding of these concepts, but also a good deal in in into him. Mm. You know, and into as he st- would study dreams and the occult nature of dreams and their and their meaning in our in our everyday life. Um, you know, he he created books out of them, like the Red Book as well. Um, if anybody, anybody has a chance to pick that up, it's a it's it's really quite amazing the, the symbolism and it's just awesome. There's some YouTube videos as well um, for people that would flip through it if if anybody wants to check it out like that, but. Um, Really, quite an amazing conquest he had, uh, you know, exploring these things, and he, without a doubt, he would have had to have been knee deep in it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he it had to have gone right into the water in order to have such a deep understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And surf, uh, see, that's the. Um the uh the the place i would suggest people look is of course internally cuz if you watch where your own psyche goes and mm-hmm. obviously don't do this just alone without any idea of what you're doing if you just sit there it's like sitting there and watching a complex engine move if you have no idea what that engine is doing you'll understand that the parts are moving but you won't understand the why's uh, in connection with using these books and like gaining information and don't just look at Carl Jung look at as many of his contemporaries as possible look at modern people there is uh-huh. a lot of a lot of good information don't even limit yourself to the field of psychology look into 
various forms of magic, various forms of uh, acting. Acting is a very profound place to understand psychology from because you have to learn how to adopt. It's the art of the persona, essentially. But all these various other disciplines and then tie them together and then take them and apply them to yourself and see what comes through these filters. Now, other uh, another uh, example here I'm seeing is, uh, the, what is it? The Mysterium Conjunctionis? Am I reading that wrong? His uh, his book from 1955. Do you know what I'm talking about, Josh? Sorry, I was on mute for a second. Yeah, uh, uh, you, you you pronounced it correctly. Okay, but uh, Mysterian conjunctionist. Conjunctionist. He, he talks in that uh, like um, what we were discussing earlier, the whole concept of like the the king and the queen, the male and the female, and the interactions of these within the psyche. Now this is uh this is considered maybe a little bit more of a difficult book. I would suggest not putting this as like the first book if you don't understand if you've never read a book by Carl Jung, don't go and read this one first. Just because it's from my understanding it's rather dense. It's not easily swallowed without having a, 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 an understanding. It'd be like, "Okay, you you can do, you know your multiplication tables? Here's some calculus." Like Right. Not so much, not so much, but of course, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. I said, of course, don't limit yourself though. Like, if something comes into your your sphere of influence, read it. You never know. <clears throat> we do have. Um, I was just uh, checking to see what what the latest is, and uh, mis misplaced, I'm sure, but in our uh, library's philosophy section. Uh, we do have a we do have some works of of Carl Jung there, uh, one one psychology in the occult. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's a that's a pretty big one, but it looks like we've got about about ten of his works in there. So definitely invite everybody to to check that out as well if they're interested in reading more. Absolutely. So uh, that's in the library on esotericonline.net, which uh, you know is. One of my favorite places to hang out online when I actually want to interact with people or if I'm just kind of looking for something new to read. That library is <laughs> how many gigs now? Jeez. Massive. It's about 30. 30 gigs of PDF files yep. and text files and various information. That's a lot of information. That's like, hey, if you start reading now, you might get done by the time you, you, you need to kind of retire from life. Like. Um, so yeah. other, other yeah, it's, it's about seven thousand, about seven thousand ebooks. Mm -hmm. Now uh, we're, the show's drawn to a close. We've got about two minutes left. I'd like to uh, once again invite people to check us out on Facebook. Uh, that's uh, various places. We got what EO Mystic Radio uh, on yep. Facebook. You can also join up with Facebook on just Esoteric Online. Uh, absolutely, there's uh, lots of postings going on all throughout the week, and then check out the website esotericonline.net. And if you heard that, that's 90 seconds. So we're <laughs> we're drawing it pretty close. Uh, Josh, thanks for taking the time to chat with me this week. Of course, every week it's a thank pleasure. Thank you. It's so it's been great as always. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in this week to us. Um, we will be returning next week once again with, uh, you, off the top of your head, Josh, do you know what, uh, next week's subject is? Uh, 
I do not. Well, I guess it's a mystery subject, guys. <laughs> Join up on on Facebook. Here's an idea. Join up on the Facebook uh, club, and oh, you'll find out probably a little bit earlier. Our our next um, our show next week rather uh, is going to be uh, sacred geometry. Oh, sacred geometry. So the patterns and the shapes of things. Lots of lots of fascinating ways we can take that way. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to us here on Mystic Radio. Join us again next Sunday evening when we'll explore the subject of sacred geometry. We'll see if we can get uh, uh, a decent understanding of things and uh, draw you uh, a nice picture. At any rate, thank you very much for joining us. Take care. Have a great night. Patreon. Hope to see you all next time down in the pumpkin patch. Thank you. Goodbye and blessed be.